such um, an experience of helplessness, especially during the event where the horn blowing was so loud and continuous. There was no place that had any less sound. There was just no escape to that. So I felt uh, trapped and helpless. Victoria Deloron is her name, and she was uh, giving testimony this morning during the inquiry. She's one of the many Ottawa citizens uh, who had to deal with all that noise and just couldn't escape it. I feel sorry for those people because a lot of those Ottawa people <laughs> just went through hell because at the end of the day, the police just didn't do their bloody job, which is, I think, what a lot of people say this is what it comes down to. But We've already gotten into the first couple of days of this inquiry into the emergencies um, use of the act, and we're starting to get a good idea of what the Trudeau government may be up against in justifying the use of this act. And on day one, when we got all the opening statements from the affected parties, what we learn is, well, a couple of lawyers, lawyer for Alberta and Saskatchewan, say those provinces were blindsided when the Trudeau government called the premiers uh, to tell them, hey, we're thinking about using the Emergencies Act, but then there was no consultation, which is something that has to happen when you're going to implement a power like this. Because again, it's not just the truck drivers that it would affect. You're, the civil liberties of every single Canadian are taken once a use of an act of a power like this is, is put in. So they said, look, we, we didn't know about it. We just got this phone call on February 14th saying it's done. It's happening. And... You know, the government said, look, we had no choice. We had, it was the last resort. But the Alberta lawyer, I think, points out something, it's the, the obvious, that it was the province of Alberta and the police of Alberta that effectively dealt with the border blockade at the Coots-Alberta border. And they had no extra special powers to do that. There were weapons at that particular site, but the police did their job and didn't need extra tools. But we also heard from the OPP lawyers who said, look, we didn't ask for these powers. So remember, Marco Mendocino said 13 times that the police asked him to use these powers. And we've already heard testimony in committee hearings earlier this year saying, no, no, didn't ask that. So now the OPP lawyers are on the record saying, yeah, no, we, we didn't ask for this. Let me bring in Hatim Kier as a lawyer with the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedom. So good to have you. Hello. Uh, glad to be here. All right. So I think it's important. Like, this is not a trial. No one's going to get charged at this. It's not going to be, you know, that's not what this is about. This is about the justification of using this act, which is not about what the people of Ottawa, which I know they went through hell. It's not what they went through. It's was this a national security threat that required every single Canadian to lose their civil liberties? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um the government, uh, in order to declare an emergency, they can't do it on a whim. This is an unprecedented act, and the act imposes a strict test that they have to meet to justify it. Uh, there, there's multiple elements, including what you mentioned. It does have to be a national emergency. Uh, but then the other thing is it also ha has to be, uh, it, it's, an, it's a power of last resort. So there has to be no other laws of Canada that are available to deal with uh, whatever the situation at hand is. Uh, and, and that simply wasn't the case here. There were numerous other laws available to to address the protests and uh, the effects that they had. Well, because both blockades, both the Coots, Alberta, as well as the Ambassador Bridge, had both been taken down uh, well before that Emergencies Act had come into play. And we also know that the police had actually gone to the Trudeau cabinet the night before the act was uh, was enacted and said, look, we think we have a breakthrough. But yet they went ahead with it anything. Anyway, but I do think on the first day we do get a tone. And, and this thing's going to move in ebbs and flows. There will be good days, I think, for the government. There's going to be some very bad days. But 
the bottom line is, on day one, we've heard from two provincial government lawyers saying, we were not consulted on this. It just happened. Um, and then you hear the OPP come out and say, yeah, no, we never asked for this, these powers. So not necessarily the best start for the government. No, and uh, it kind of makes sense uh, what we're seeing because, uh, you know, in our government, there the Constitution establishes a separation of powers between the federal government and the provincial government. And a declaration of emergency really upsets that. It lets the federal yeah. government do things that they normally wouldn't be able to. So uh, I think it makes sense that we're seeing the provinces push back here uh, against what they see probably as an encroachment on their sphere of authority. Yeah, especially when some of the draconian measures, which are really outrageous, like the seizing of bank accounts, that thing happens all across the country. And so they're the ones who would be left to deal with the fallout of it when there is a fallout on it. Um, and, and so... You know, the bottom line is we're going to be hearing a lot of things during this trial and what seems to get lost in this and what I think we have to kind of keep rising above is it's not whether or not you like the Trudeau government. It's not whether or not you support the convoy. This is about whether or not a government had the justification to use a power that literally took everyone's power away the second it was enacted, even though most people would not have had any idea of that. But theoretically, uh, Hatim, the police and the government could have done whatever the heck they wanted to in that week that that power was in place. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, they did like you You alluded to the freezing of bank accounts, but, you know, this affected people who who never even set foot in Ottawa, just donors who yeah. uh, supported uh, something that bucks. they believed in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, may have supported it at different times, too. Right. Uh, it was an evolving situation. People donated, I'm sure, before the uh, any trucks arrived in Ottawa and, and throughout the weeks ahead. And so these people faced very real consequences. I've heard from people who couldn't pay their mortgage, who couldn't buy groceries or pay their heating bill because their money was all locked up. Yeah, and, and look, yeah, people will say, well, it's only a couple of hundred accounts. Yeah, wait till it's your bank account. At the bottom line, I don't want any government, whether it's this government, the Harper government, the Pierre Pauli ever got, whatever, stay the hell away out of my business. Because once governments take power, they don't like to give it back. And that's what the slippery slope is here. And people will say, well, come on, what do you mean? But again, you don't want to ever give governments too much power because it can be abused very badly moving forward. Yeah, it, it, basically every uh, grab of government power gets used as a precedent down the road for some other future uh, use of power. Uh, right. So, I mean, in this case, an emergency was declared to disperse a protest. I mean, even if, you know, someone loves the, the, the Trudeau government, even if they really didn't like the convoy, uh, that sets a precedent that can be used by other politicians, other governments down the road to to silence protests that people might agree with. Um, so what's you know what's hopeful about this inquiry is maybe it can it can turn that precedent in the other direction that uh, the findings and recommendations that come out of the inquiry can can maybe push back on that and say, well, no, actually, uh, you know, going forward, we need to be very serious about how this uh, this power gets used by the government, and this wasn't an acceptable use of it. Yeah, I think we should have been more serious before it even got enacted. Uh, how concerned? I mean, there is concern that this six, six weeks is a very short schedule to get what they need to get done. Are you concerned that this is going to be rushed through? Yeah, I mean, it, that's a very serious shortcoming to the inquiry. Um, it, and it's kind of baked into the process. The Emergencies Act places a hard deadline on when the report has to get before uh, Parliament. And so, you know, you, you factor in time for writing the report, time for uh, all the lawyers to make their arguments and policy suggestions. And so uh, we're, we're left with six weeks to hear from, I, I think it was 65 witnesses. 
uh, that, that's, you know, compared to what you'd hear in a courtroom or a trial, that, that's an insane amount of uh, witnesses in such a short amount of time. Uh, and so that's definitely going to compress the the ability of the inquiry to actually uh, get a fulsome record out. Just quickly before I let you go, Hatim, um, what in your mind, we've already heard a lot of stuff, which I think uh, debunks a lot of what we had been told. Uh, what do you think the biggest uh, threat is to the Trudeau government? We Like, we know that the police didn't ask for this. We already know that there was no actual national security threat there or weapons. There were no rape ballots. Like, we know what we know now that that was erroneous. What is the biggest challenge they face? I think probably the highest hurdle that the government has to face in justifying the use of the emergencies powers uh, is that there has to be no other law of Canada available to deal with the situation. Uh, and that's not true. Like you said, there, you know, this wasn't a national security threat. Really what you know, the complained, uh, the complaints that people tend to have about the protest amount to a, a large number of bylaw violations. And so the yeah. correct response to that is bylaw enforcement, not uh, the, the, unprecedented seizure of power by the government yeah it's don't let the bloody trucks park <laughs> it's just crazy to be how this came to be but again it is a policing and a city planning issue that went very very wrong all right we'll continue to talk about this thanks so much for your thoughts appreciate it thanks for having me that's uh, Hatim Kure, who is with the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedom. So we are going to continue we'll follow this every day because it is important uh, you know some people will brush it off nope We'll talk about it every day. Make sure we're following along.